In the summer of 2015, I got really excited by a vision God was giving me. And I'm not the kind of preacher that like talks about visions that God gives like all the time. It's just that some things were coming together and I really feel like God was leading us in a particular way in the leadership of this church. We had been praying for a while for some space, not for Sunday morning, there's obviously lots of space in this room, but space for more, for children's ministry, for anything else we would want to do as a church that's not Sunday morning with adults. We needed some space, offices, uh, more children's classes, youth group space, meetings during the week. So we'd pray for some space. And in the summer of 2015, the GRTC property came for sale, uh, which is just two blocks down here. Uh, you've, probably seen, you've probably seen that property. Um, before it came for sale, it was just sitting there empty. And it was like 100 and something thousand square feet and like seven acres. And it's like for the city, it's a pretty big spot. And um, I was like, man, it's, it's up for sale. And there were 12 developers that bid on that property to buy it. Now, I knew as a church we couldn't afford a big property like that. But I thought, okay, there's 12 developers, and the team of us got together, and we looked at who those 12 developers were, and I sent them a letter, a letter or an email, and I said, hey, let me introduce myself. I'm Chris Barris, I'm the pastor at this church. We're looking for a space that we could use as a community space to serve the city throughout the week. And you're going to be buying this space. Would you be interested in partnering with us so we could sublease a, a part of that from you or something like that? Um, I, I, I tried to reach all 12 developers, but I could only figure out who 11 of the developers were. There was one that I just couldn't figure out who they were. So of the 11 developers I reached out to, several of them got back to me. They emailed me or they called me and they were like, hey, let's talk about it. What do you have in mind? And so I was like, man, if one of these 11 developers gets this project, they win this bid, maybe this could really work. Like we could maybe build a relationship and, and get involved there. And finally the bid came out, it was like maybe August or September of that year. And the, uh, the 12th developer, the one I hadn't contacted is the one that won the bid to buy the property. I'm like, of course, right? Because I couldn't figure out who they were. And, well, now I knew who they were because it was in the paper. I reached out and I wrote them an email. I'm like, hey, you guys, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Um, this is who we are, gave them the same kind of speech that I'd given. And they emailed me back, and they were like, uh, it was like a two-sentence email, like, yeah, we're not interested, sorry. Uh, we just want to put a bunch of apartments down here, and apparently Pizza Beer Richmond, I, they didn't know that, but okay. So I was like, all right, fine. Um, so it was a little, a little crushing. I was like, oh, I just felt like God had given us this dream of a space that was going to be this brick, you know, I could, it was like, I close my eyes and I can see, and I was like, oh, this is these brick walls, this hardwood floor, it's going to be this beautiful thing. I got a million dreams tonight or whatever. I'm like all into this thing. And then it was like, nope, sorry, you're not going to do that. Like gone, right? Well, a couple months later, we were sitting down with the landlords of the building that Cartwheels and Coffee is in that, that we leased from them. We said, hey, can we buy this building from you? We want something close by the bird so we can stay here and do our thing. And they were like, sure, we'll sell it to you. Um, but did you guys know that the window company next door is also for sale? I was like, I didn't know that. Let me look into that. And we looked into it. It was like way overpriced. And so we went back and forth with the window company and negotiated with them for about seven months. And then finally in December of 2016, we, we bought that property. Um, and in the last oh, 20 months or so, we have been uh, renovating that, designing and renovating that property. And the vision of what we want to do in that space at 2810 
that, that community gathering space, the vision of that is the same as if we were going to be at the bus depot or, or wherever, because it's a vision for how our, our church needs to be influencing the city. I, I envision uh, more space for, for Area 10 kids on a Sunday morning, so I envision a single mom coming in and dropping her kid off because she's worn out from the week and she wants to come hear about God in here, so she brings her small child there, and that child learns about Jesus at an age-appropriate way, and the adult is in here, the mom is in here uh, learning. I envision a space there where uh, an AA group is meeting on a Tuesday morning and they're, they're coming together to connect around God and, and, and be free of their addictions. I envision a, a, a space over there on a Thursday night where there's a class going on for, pe- for parents who have dealt with miscarriages or infertility and they're coming together to support each other and, and lean on each other and lean on God through this. I see small groups of all kinds meeting over in that space all throughout the week. I see teenagers meeting there on a Sunday night in a cool space that they want to be in where they can connect with each other, get to know each other better, get to know God in that space. Uh, I see foster care meetup groups and being the best resource for foster care families in the city of Richmond. I can see us using that space and, and connecting there. I see all sorts of possibilities of how that space will be used 24-7 to, uh, to help our church reach the city and to serve the, the, the great city of Richmond. And so I think incredible things are, are, are coming over there. Uh, now, why am I telling you all that? Well, for the first time, I think, in 10 years, I changed my sermon today. I decided about 10 days ago, yeah, I'm not going to preach what I was, I was going to talk to you about Moses and the Exodus and kind of finish that, some of that story up. We'll do that next week. We, we talked about last week. I was going to finish that up today, but I changed it all about 10 days ago. I said, we need to talk about this because this is happening. There's a lot going on right now. There's a lot of change coming to Area 10 in the next two months, and I just want to when you see what all the changes are, whether it's a logo or, you know, vision statements or, or, or the space or our 10th anniversary and all things coming up, you're going to see what's going on. Let me give you a little bit of the why it's happening. And I want to I give you kind of the why behind the what. Um, because I, my experience has been change is uncomfortable for people. Uh, and, and so you go to a church and you hope that there's something about it that will be comfortable for you, and I hope that is that. I hope that if you're, you're, you're hurting, that there's healing here. I hope there is comfort here. But real change, real growth, real transformation, if we're going to transform lives in the city for the city, then uh, some of that's going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be some moments where like, oh, this is now, now it's going this way, or this is happening, this is difficult. So I want to talk about some of these changes as they're coming up, um, because I think that some of the changes that are coming are going to be tough, but I think they're going to be great. If you look at how God works through history. One thing you'll see, if you look in the scriptures, you'll see this and you look at stories throughout history. One thing you'll see is that God cooperates with people. God does his power through people. And so there's this, this, this partnership there. God is, is, is doing these amazing things, but he, he chooses to use us to do it. So could God reach the city of Richmond without Area 10? Of course, he could do it without any churches. But he chooses to partner with us to get his message to a hurting and and broken world. And so I want to show you a story of of kind of how that partnership works. And this is from several thousand years ago. So in the year around 850 BC in, in Israel, Israel at this time in its history is broken up into two countries, Israel and Judah. And those countries were coming together to fight a common enemy. And so there's this interesting story that's recorded in 2 Kings 3 where these countries are coming together, they're going to fight, um, and the army is running out of water. 
uh, they're in this valley, it's a desert area, and uh, they're running out of water. And so they go to Elisha, who's the kind of the wild-haired prophet, crazy guy, uh, in, 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 in Israel. They go to Elisha and they're like, can you help us? Do you have a word from God? How are we going to, how are we going to fight this battle if we don't even have enough water for our animals or for our people? Um, and so they go to him, and this is how the conversation goes down. Second Kings chapter 3, we'll start with verse 13. Now Elijah said to the king of Israel, what do I have to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and to the prophets of your mother. He's like, don't bother me. And the king of Israel said to him, no, for the Lord has called these three kings together to give them into the hand of Moab. Elisha said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. It's kind of like, but you're with Jehoshaphat, so fine, I'll listen. But now, he goes, but now bring me a minstrel. And it came about when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. So they go to Elisha and they're like, hey, we need your help. And he's like, why are you bothering me? And then they're like, no, no, for real though, what, what can we do and can you help? And he's like, okay, get me a musician. I love that because I'm a musician. Uh, I was a worship leader before I was a preacher, and I love the fact that Elisha's like got to have music before he can give like his prophecy. You know, he's like, somebody just needs to drop a beat up in here if I can get my flow going. You know, you bring a beat, all right, all right, cool. Now I'm feeling it. All right, this is what God's. I don't, I don't know if he wrapped it from here or whatever, but I think it's, I don't know. It's a weird detail, but it's awesome. He's like, I need musicians before I can get this going. That's great. All worship leaders should get a pay raise. Um, oh wait, I employ some. They're gonna. They're going to bring that up to me this week. Um, all right, so, so, uh, so, so, so that happens. And then, um, and this is important because battles have been lost due to poor hydration. Like you think military tactics are why we lose battles, and there's that. But if you're malnourished or you're poorly hydrated, uh, you're, you're going to die out on the battlefield. So here Elisha responds. He said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of trenches, For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water so that you shall drink, both you and your cattle and your beasts. This is but a slight thing in the sight of the Lord. He will also give the Moabites into your hand. Verse 20, it happened in the morning about the time of the offering and sacrifice that behold, water came by the way of Edom and the country was filled with water. God says to the people, make this valley full of trenches. Here's the deal. You all grab a shovel dig some trenches, dig, dig some ditches, dig some holes. And when you wake up tomorrow, here's what's going to happen. I will fill them with water. You're not going to see a storm. It's not going to be like rain and, oh, now there's puddles filled with water. The water's just going to come up from the ground and it's going to happen. You dig the ditches, God will bring the water. This is miraculous stuff. And I love the fact that Elisha says this is an, is, is an easy thing for God. Kind of throws that detail in there, like God has got this. This isn't even hard for him. Okay, you need water, he will do that. In addition to uh, filling the water for you, he's also going to give you victory in the battle. So, a little detail there as well. That's nice for you to know. Uh, God has got this. Now, this is cool for us to read about thousands of years later. We go, okay, here was this army stuck out in the in the dry desert, and they dug some trenches, they dug some ditches, and God filled them with water. Great, you know that's that's awesome. It's miraculous. It's cool. But if you're one of those soldiers living in that, imagine how that sounded to you. So God says, dig some ditches, I'll fill it with water. And, and so your, your commanders pass that down the ranks to you as a soldier. And they're like, hey, everybody grab a shovel. 
we're going to start digging ditches, and then God is going to bring water. And if you're sitting there, first of all, ditch digging is some of the hardest work in the ancient world and in the world today. Like, if, if, if you, that is hard manual labor. If you have to dig ditches, that is rough work. So they're like, oh, man, we got to dig. This is going to take forever. This is going to be exhausting. We're already, like, dehydrated. This is going to be horrible, for one. And two, the soldiers are probably going, yo, it's a dry desert here. We can dig forever, and this, it, this is just the way it is. It's just dry ground. We're not going to get water from this. This is a crazy idea. And yet, it works. They dug ditches, and God brought the water. Here's the central point. Our job is to dig ditches. God's the one who brings the water. We cannot make it rain. I don't care how much of this you do. You can't can't make it rain. All we can do is dig the ditches, right? There's a cooperation there. We prepare, we get ready, and God brings the growth. Ten years ago, in addition to starting Area 10 Church, we started Cartwheels and Coffee, Cartwheels of Coffee opened up 10 years ago this, this coming week. And when we did that, we had a launch team at Area 10, and some of, you, some of you were there. We had a launch team, and the launch team came together over the summer of 2008 and helped renovate that property to get it ready to open as this business that we were going to use for Area 10 kids on Sunday morning and then as a business Monday through Saturday. It was a children's play place slash coffee shop where we would caffeinate the adults and let kids run around and play. When we did this, we didn't know if it was going to work. There were no models of that kind of business in the country that we could find. Nobody was doing this. It was like, all right, well, how about a children's play place coffee shop? Like, you had your Starbucks kind of places, and then you have, like, the McDonald's Playland. You didn't have this thing all put together this way. And so we built it not knowing if they would come. And over time, word got out. We didn't do a ton of advertising, but word got out, and people started showing up. And I would see people walk into the into the room at Cartwheels and Coffee. They'd walk in the front door with their toddler in tow, and they would go, oh, this is genius. Like, that's the, that's the phrase I heard more, more than any other. Oh, this is genius. Like, wow, what a great idea. I had a friend who, would, who had been a venture capitalist, uh, worked for a VC firm in Southern California. He said, Chris, I worked for this group for like five years, and people would pitch business ideas to us all the time. He said, out of the five years I was there, the only two good ideas I heard were... Um, Red, Redbox and LinkedIn. The rest of them are just ideas and they don't really work. He said, cartwheels and coffee is a really good idea. Like, this, this has legs. You, this can go somewhere. And I remember us getting a Yelp review or something like six months in. And, uh, and maybe it was even less than that. But it was like, so the review is like, yeah, it's coffee shop's pretty good for kids and stuff. I don't know if the guy sounded like that. That's just the voice I do for him when I do my impression of him. <laughs> I also have a voice for my wife. I mean, we all have voice for our people, right? Like, all right, so, so it was like, yeah, it's pretty good. And, because, and then he goes, um, he goes, but, I mean, I, this isn't going to be here in six months. This is Richmond. It's not going to last. And I was like, man, six months. So here we are, 10 years later. It's still there. Um, and it's busier than ever. Like, it's, it, it's all the rain we've been having. It's crazy busy up in there. And it's a good thing. It's a place for parents and care providers of, of little ones to come and, and connect in community, to, to meet each other, to, to be in relationship there, to have a place to get out and, and get around other adults. And there's different classes going on. There's some really great things happening there. I can't make people show up. I don't bring the water. I just dig the ditch. And many of you have been part of that process. We just dig the ditch and hope people will come. 
Same thing happened when we launched the church. The church launched September 21, 2008. On September 14th, 2008, a Sunday before, we had a team of about 80 to 100 people that showed up from various churches and some of our lunch team here. They came together that day to hand out uh, door hangers and, and distribute them to neighborhoods all around here, thousands and thousands of door hangers. We hung them from the front door of houses all over the place to let people know that this new church was launching the following Sunday. The day people showed up to do that was one of those days late in the... Uh, late in the summer, uh, September 14th, it was like 100 degrees out that day. So people were out there just sweating and going door to door, water bottles, trying to, you know, whatever, do that. And then launch day happened the following Sunday, and it was like 72 and sunny on launch day, September 21. Um, and, you know, that was a lot of work. You, you print, you design those things, you print that, you get a whole team of people to go to the streets and do it. All we were doing there is digging ditches. All we were doing is preparing the way and hoping that God would bring the water in. And when we launched on that opening day, 233 people showed up in this room between here and Cartwheels and Coffee. Now, some of those were well-wishers. Some of those were people, hey, good, good, good job, I'm proud of you, you know, and then they went back home or whatever. But we had a, a, a good group there, and, and we've grown from there uh, as a church over, over the last 10 years. And that's just one more example we didn't make the water, right? We don't bring the water. We just dig the ditch and, and we show up and do our part and God shows up and does his part. I've seen that over the years in the last 10 years of this church. I prepare sermons. I do my work to write, to pray, to think, to read, to study, to get ready so that I can do this, what I'm doing right now. I want to do this the best that I know how to do. And I'm always amazed how God uses these words to reach people in ways that I didn't even plan or, or prepare for. God speaks to people. People come to me like, Chris, when you said this thing, it was so powerful. And I'm thinking, like, I didn't really say that thing, but great. You know, like, that was the Holy Spirit whispering to you in this time that we have together. I do my part in preparation. God does his part in how he works on hearts. I've seen that in the music that we do when, when in, 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 in our worship time together. I've seen that in communion, that people are moved by the connection with God, in the prayers, in coffee shops, meetings around, around town, in small groups that meet in people's homes, in, in the baptisms that we've done here or in the river. I, like I've seen God at work where we don't make it happen. We just show up, we dig the ditch, and God brings the water. I wish I could bring the water because that's the really cool part, right? Digging the ditch is not that fun. Bringing the water is awesome. If I could do that, I could gin it up for you. That would be amazing. But I can't. I don't get to do that. None of us do. We just do our part and work in cooperation with God. We show up and we faithfully dig that ditch and then God brings the water. So there's two ways we're doing that right now that I, that I want to let you know about as we prepare here. Number one, we're renovating that space at, at at 2810, and that building is um, several weeks away. There's people in there working on the floors right now. Uh, there's mudding and taping and drywall and paint, and all these things are going on, electrical systems, all that's happening. In addition to that, we've got a team of Area 10 folks coming out to paint next Saturday morning. Uh, you can sign up for that if you haven't done that through, through the website. Uh, you can join the team. We're going to get some work done down there. So, so the renovations are happening. We need to pay for all this. We need to financially make it happen. We did a capital campaign in September of 2016. Many of you were here. It was called Beyond. Some of you weren't here, though, and I want you to know we did this campaign to raise the money to do this, and we committed $770,000 out, out of our church body here to do these renovations to, to get this property. And that campaign goes through the end of this year. If you have not given to that, please give. Go to your app. Go to the website. 
look at the giving tab and there's a drop down menu that'll say beyond. You can give there and give directly to the work that's being done there. Uh, and that's a way that you can financially help us uh, dig, dig a ditch down there. But the other thing I want you to know about is Area 10 kids. So in this room, we have our adult gathering, and then children are meeting in Cartwheels and Coffee now. And one of the reasons we got 2810 is we want to expand the space for kids to meet. Um, we need more rooms, more connection space. So the new building's going to have a room that'll seat like 70 people, and we can do large group children's worship in that space, a large gathering, and that can be a lot of fun. There's a lot of great things that are going on there. And so we have an opportunity to... Um, to do that because cartwheels, we'll still have cartwheels and coffee, but there's some limitations. The new space will have a larger common room at the front, a larger lobby it's for families to drop uh, kids off. Um, and, and really, 2810 is us building a bigger ditch um, on Sunday mornings for children's ministry so that more kids can connect and there's more space. Now, you may think, if you don't have kids, you may think, like, well, what's the big deal? Like, is it, like, uh, you know... It's not that big of a deal. I mean, okay, we need some more kids' space, but what's the deal? Um, here's why I think it's a big deal. I'm a product of it. Not Area 10 kids, but I'm a product of children's ministry. When I uh, was in fifth grade, a kid from a church that was a friend of mine, he was riding in the car with me. His name was Mike, and he said, hey, Chris, do you go to church? And I said, no. And he said, you should. And I said, okay. And so I went with him to church. And that was his evangelism pitch to me. That's how he told me about Jesus. Uh, do you go to church? No, you should. Okay. It was a simpler time. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't like argue any atheist things with him or anything. I was just like, okay. And so I started going to this church. And when I showed up at that church, they put me in a Sunday school class for the other, with the other fifth graders. And a lady named Jeannie Harrell taught me about Jesus. And uh, Jeannie Harrell and I are still friends. We're, uh, uh, we're Facebook friends now. She lives far away. But um, she taught me, she showed up every week, and she taught uh, me about Jesus for the first time. And I was connecting there, and I enjoyed it. And she said, in retrospect, as I asked her what I was like in class, she said I was, you know, would climb under the table, and I was a bit, I asked too many questions, and I was a bit rambunctious and whatever. But apparently I absorbed something because between her and then some other adults that invested in me over the next couple of years into youth group, um, I came to know the Lord. And um, I'm not exaggerating when I, say, when I say that changed the course of my life, like my eternity has been changed because people showed up and they served in children's ministry and they, they taught a kid like me. And the direction of my life changed. I went to a Bible college. I married Abby. Um, our children, like the family tree that, is, that has the name Barris on it, is changed because my dad was not at all into this stuff. And so uh, my life and eternity has been changed because people showed up and served in children's ministry. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of it. I'm a big believer in it. I'm a believer in what is going on there and what can be done. Now, I don't want you just to hear from me, so I want you to hear from a couple other people who serve in A10 Kids, and I'm going to invite them onto the stage right now. Um, there's several folks here that I've asked to come out and, and talk to you guys, which I think is a great thing. Um, they all serve in different capacities in A10 Kids, and also um, there's going to be some people handing out some cards here. You'll all get a card that says A10 Kids on it. Those will be passed. Just pass them down your aisle, and uh, we'll We'll collect the extras from you. So these folks all serve any 10 kids. Really glad they're here. Really appreciate them doing this because most people don't love public speaking, apparently. 
I, I find this out anytime I ask someone to come on stage with me. Um, but these folks are, uh, are doing good work in A10 Kids, and they want the opportunity to share what's going on. So why don't you guys we'll just go down and introduce yourselves. Tell us what you do, like if you have a day job or if you work or work during the week. Tell us what you're, you do during the week, and then tell us where you serve with A10 Kids or students. My name's Corinne. I'm an occupational therapist at VCU Health, and I work in hand therapy. And my husband, Garrett, and I serve with, well, we serve with third through fifth graders, but we're moving up to youth group um, soon. I'm, I'm Garrett. I'm also an occupational therapist. I work with... It's great that uh, you guys met. Yeah. Yeah, that worked out well. Yeah, it is. Um, I work with geriatric population, and um, like Corinne said, we're Really pumped to be moving up to youth group soon, but we've done three years um, with third through fifth grade. Cool. Hi, I'm Denise. Um, I'm retired, work part-time, and I've worked with the two to fives um, off and on. Awesome. My name is Adam. Um, I'm soon to be an art teacher at Meadowbrook High School, and I'm super excited about that. Um, and I work with the high school guys, um, mostly, and they're awesome, so. Cool. Um, all right, well, I just want you guys to share a little bit, like, most of you have been doing this for a while, multiple years or whatever. Um, why do you keep showing up? Why, why keep coming back? Why keep, because, uh, kids can be draining, they can, you know, high energy, you know, so why do, why do you keep showing up and doing it? First of all, God has blessed me with great deal of patience um, <laughs> naturally so that's great um, but mo mostly I want I want the kids to know and love God um, and I'm personally passionate about that um, I sincerely care about all of my guys um, and that's that's the main thing that that brings me back over and over again um, it takes a team to do it so the community there is really great um, I love all the other adults who serve with the kids and the community with the with the kids also is, is just awesome. Um, and then thirdly, it's enjoyable and fun. Um, I love hanging out with everybody. I love the crazy games we play and camps and ice cream and anything. Um, so, cool. Um, I keep coming back, first thing, I love kids. Um, like all kids, but the ages two to five, I think are particularly special. Um, I love their openness, their honesty, their joy in just being in the moment. Um, I've gotten a great deal of pleasure out of watching these children grow and learn about Jesus, learn about God. Um, I've probably gotten more out of it than they have. Um, told a story for a service, I'll do it again. When I was in the two-year room, we had a kid come in one morning and she had hurt herself and she came in crying and all of us adults were trying to pacify her and make her feel better and one of the other two year old little girls walked up and said we should pray for her and it was so simple so profound and it came out of the mouth of this little two-year-old and that's why I keep doing this um. So Corinne and I have been working together with uh, third and fifth for a while, and um, it's been really fun to watch them grow up and grow in their faith. And you know, I think as much as we come in as teachers trying to teach them something, they've 
done an equal amount of teaching for us as well. So it's been fun to watch them grow and watch our own faith grow and develop as we kind of mentor them and go along the journey with them. So that's why, one of the main reasons why I keep coming back is it's just really fun and fulfilling. Yes, to all three of those things. Um, and I will add that when we first started, it was on a month, off a month. And then Area 10 switched, I guess, a year or two ago to doing um, elementary school every Sunday. And we were a little bit worried about that, um, just with travel or, you know, we want our Sunday mornings. Um, but it has been truly awesome to just dig in deeper and get to know them. It, it doesn't really feel like serving um, as much as just, like, making friends and um, so that's why we keep coming back is to just really dig in with them. And we went on maternity leave um, a while ago for three months and we just really miss them. Um, so it's really about the connection that we make with them and um, they also really pour a lot into us too. Now you guys uh, had mentioned moving up to, you've been doing third through fifth grade class and you're moving up to the sixth grade group. Um, my son is, the, my youngest son is in that sixth grade, is, is in that group that's moving up and he's known you guys, you guys have been a part of our lives. Uh, and that's been, a, that's been a huge thing for us. Um, a couple weeks ago, Garrett, you wrote a letter to my son and we got a, like a handwritten letter in the mail, like who gets those anymore, right? We get a handwritten letter in the mail from Garrett to my son like, he opens mail, you know, and I read it as well. I was like, oh, this is really great. What made you write that letter? Like, what was behind that for you? So, Corinne mentioned that um, we had a baby about 10 months ago, and so we went and took a break from serving 18 kids, and um, we realized, wow, we really miss these kids. They're a big part of our lives. We poured a lot into them. Um, we wonder what they're up to, you know. <laughs> so... Aten, the children's ministry, has encouraged us to get involved in their lives outside of Sunday mornings as well. So, I mean, this is something a lot of the teachers and individuals who serve have done is write letters and um, go to events, go to swim meets, soccer games, choir rehearsals and stuff like that. And um, so, yeah, as we're getting ready to prepare for this transition and go up to youth group, I wanted to reach out to those guys that I've been working with and let them know that I hadn't forgotten about working with them and I'm excited for the next step and um, so just reaching out to them to let them know about the youth group event that we were having tonight to welcome them into youth group and continue the journey. Cool. Well, that's a huge thing. Any, any of us who are parents, you see what happens is as your kids get older, your influence, your, the, how loud your voice is in their ear diminishes some, you know, as, and that, that's a normal thing. It's a healthy thing. It can be a hard thing as a parent, but I, I know for my wife and I, we, we've, we've thought, man, our kids, as they get older, will listen to other people. I'd love to have some say in who those other people are, or really, I'd love for them to be around people like this that uh, share our faith and can kind of help guide and direct them as they can come across some of the hard stuff. So it's been a huge win just having you guys in our son's life, uh, you're in our son's life, our other son's life, just uh, ha having um, people who invest in, in these kids and can kind of track with them over the years. It's, it's a it's a, it's a wonderful thing. So what, what would be sort of a, a final thing? So you got one thing to say to a group of people, some of whom serve with you, some of whom maybe have never thought about doing that or don't do that. Uh, what, what would you say? Um, I would say that if you're considering serving, please join us. You do not have to be a kid's person to serve an A10 kid. You do have to pass a background check, though. Yeah, that's, that will, I mean. say that. Yeah. Um, 
I was, too, I was super terrified to start working with um, the third through fifth graders um, three years ago because I wouldn't consider myself really a kids person, but it really is just about making that connection with them and meeting them where they're at. Um, and there are also other opportunities um, to serve in A10 Kids besides being a small group leader. Um, there's a lot of setup, cleanup. We couldn't do what we do without them. So those are some good ways to serve too if you are terrified of kids. Cool. I would say there's no reason to be terrified of kids. They're just little people. <laughs> um, they're really fun to work with. Um, a lot of people might be afraid, oh, how am I going to work with kids if I don't know all the answers to all their questions? Um, you kind of learn as you go. You grow as you go. Your faith gets deeper. Um, they have great resources for you if you're a small group leader, um, a kind of a curriculum to follow. There's a lot of people that are pouring into it behind the scenes. So like Corinne was saying, there's other ways to get involved. And I'd encourage you to just ask questions and see kind of what's available out there because I think there's something for all, all types of people with all talents. And I would say your time investment's minimal. Um, you go over your lessons that Jamie sends out to you. You spend an hour or so on Sunday mornings with the children. And the rewards and benefits you gain from doing this are incredible. I've gotten to watch children grow in their relationship with Jesus. I get to be there with them when they understand that God loves them unconditionally. And it, it's just a great benefit for me, too. Um, and we've all, we've probably all mentioned this in some way or another, but I, um, I would just definitely hit on the fact that um, you put in a lot to it and you get out a lot out of it also. Um, I believe that's true for anywhere that you serve in the church, but um, I've, I've seen that in my own life in serving in the youth group um, in preparing for what we're going to talk about or receiving questions we don't know the answers to or considering what is it like to be a good role model or a good mentor um, to the students or, or um, how to build a healthy relationship with them. Um, I've grown a lot in my own faith through that, um, and I definitely see that among um, all the people who serve in that capacity. So. Cool. Well, thank you guys for taking the time to come up. Let's, uh, let's give them an applause. We appreciate your time. So here's the situation. Let me make it real clear. You got a card a few minutes ago that has A10 Kids Opportunities. Um, the reason we're handing that to you and being very specific about it is we're trying to dig some ditches for God to bring the water. We've, we've gone down this road before. When we went as a church years ago from one service to two, service, two services, you're like, oh, okay, I guess everyone just, you know, the band stays an extra service and that's fine or whatever. But it's really actually a pretty complicated thing. Um, and one of the reasons we did it was because uh, we wanted A10 kids workers to be able to serve one hour and then come here and still be in here and not have to miss out being on in here when they're serving down there. So we went to two services. That required a lot of people to step up. That was a big dig, 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 dig ditch digging. That's the hardest thing to say. Ditch digging uh, uh, thing that we went through, right? We've done that once already and we're doing it again. We have an opportunity now to, to get ready. And so we need 40 people. 40 people who say, all right, I'm, I'm in, I, I can serve with the kids, um, my schedule. I mean, we have all the reasons, right? My schedule, my, these things are going on. I'm a little concerned about this. This is a challenge. Uh, kids are terrifying or whatever one they set up here. 
we can work through all of that. Um, and, and, and we can train you and help you. And so you can fill out that card and you can put it in the popcorn bucket when it goes by. Or if you want to talk about it with, uh, with some people and ask some more questions and just because you may have a lot of questions about how it works, you can go to the welcome table area when we dismiss here today. You can go there because there will be people there to meet you and they can, they can uh, help you uh, and answer your questions before you get into that. Um, we have an opportunity here to uh, make a difference for eternity. If you go back and think about the story in Kings, yeah, okay, God brought water and that military army was taken care of so they went and fought a battle. Well, then they survived that battle. Then they're able to go back home and raise families. And so really that little incident sustained generations of people uh, in that culture. And it was an incredible thing that God did. And when you invest um, in, in A10 Kids, you're... you're you're changing a, a line for, for eternity. You're, you're, you're impacting generations. These kids are going to grow up to be maybe pastors or missionaries or doctors or baristas or lawyers or students or social workers or whatever, and they're going to know the Lord, and that's going to be a, a huge, huge thing. So I want to invite you into that because this is what we do as a church. We, we're transforming lives here in the city for, for the city, and that happens in A10 Kids big time, and I want you to be a part of that. There's a lot coming up in the next two months. Um, a rebrand of, of our, our logo, um, our website, a new building's opening up. Uh, there's some different service projects coming up. There's our 10-year anniversary. There's a lot happening, a lot of change kind of at once. Um, but we really want to invite you to, uh, to pick up a shovel and, and to, to help us dig. Um, I know digging is not glamorous, but it is... Uh, it is the part that we play, we, we serve, and, um, and, and God brings the water. And so we're going we're gonna to dig some more ditches here in the next couple months and count on God to bring it. Um, so let's pray together. I want to pray for you. Lord, everyone in this room has abilities, talents, gifts, um, unique contributions that they can bring to the kingdom of God. And I pray that uh, if anyone's sitting on the sidelines and not serving and not jumping in, I pray that they will uh, come on board, be on a serving team, uh, and and make a difference. Um, God, we have uh, a growing kids ministry, and we have a great opportunity in front of us to help kids know know you. So I pray that this is uh, this happens and it goes well, and that people uh, step up. And God, thank you for bringing the water and doing the miraculous things in our lives. Um, we know you're the one who who does that. Um, God, I also pray for this city as we open up 2810 and that, that new space. Um, I, I pray that uh, we're able to effectively use that to reach this city, to serve foster families, to serve single parents, to serve um, parents, kids, teenagers, uh, just all different groups to um, be blessed by the ministry that we're doing there. And, and, and God, I'm just excited to see how you will reach uh, our city through uh, through this church. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.